and we're back. Which is, by the way, just become my intro. I, it was a default thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it started, yeah, but I wonder that it just became a thing. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we're back, and I'm here with Landon Jones. Hey guys. Uh, my name is Josh Parks. I'm an elder at Riverside Community Church. Landon Jones is our executive pastor. You, you've met him before. We've both been on every episode so far. But tonight, it's just me and him. And we're going to talk about uh, how to support our family, our church family, in the midst of the coronavirus, but specifically financially. Yeah. Because we have uh, have families in our church who've taken a hit financially so far. Um, some have been furloughed. I got a text message actually today mm. from somebody who is in my small group who got who got the call today that oh, she's being furloughed man and so they're she's going to file for unemployment um there are other people in our congregation who've taken a financial hit um some bigger than others yeah. some have lost most of their income some have lost a little bit but one of the uh positive things that have come out of this uh is that there is a stimulus check coming yeah, for some of those people. Money. Cash money. That's right. <laughs> cash money coming for our, for those of us who've been filing taxes, I guess. Um, and for an, a family of four, uh, on average, you're looking at around $3,400 yeah. um, check coming in the mail. Now, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit tonight about um, how could we use that money right now to um, bless the ch- our church family? Um, how could we use that money in a way that is kingdom-oriented rather than what we may be tempted to do with it, which is go, oh, hey, I can stimulate the economy by buying that thing I've been saving up new for. TV. New gun, new TV, right? <laughs> new uh, gun for you, new TV for me. That's, is that what you were thinking? <laughs> I was thinking gun, you were thinking know. TV. But um, there, there, I'm, honestly, I have a list of things that I could spend that money on. And there would be, I mean, I, I, I could think of a lot more if I wanted to sit down and come up with that. And that was my, honestly, Landon, I'm going to mention this first, is that was my initial reaction to hearing a check coming. And I want to repent of that a little mm-hmm. bit and admit that my initial reaction was, hey, cool money. Um, what can I do with that? Mm-hmm. Three or four thousand dollars that's going to be coming to us, um, and then since then, as I've known people who've taken a financial hit, I've realized that, and we haven't, by the way. My wife, my wife's a teacher, works for the state. There's no indication that she's going to take a financial hit, um, and uh, my business is doing okay at this time. And there's no reason to believe that I'm going to take a financial hit. Why do I need that money? Mm. Yeah, I think that's something I've been thinking about as well. And we're going to have different people in different places for this. Some people, you're going to need this. You're going to need this to buy groceries and buy this to um, have your mortgage paid and all that kind of stuff. So the first thing I would say is figure out what is a true need during this time. Food, shelter, clothing, medical necessities, all that kind of stuff. You know, some of us that have tried to uh, follow uh, sound financial advice have an emergency fund. Um, This is what an emergency fund is for. And so that's the first thing I would say to people is um, this stimulus check isn't necessarily for you to build up your savings because you're afraid of things. Um, That is not what the government wants you to do with it. And that's not necessarily what the Lord wants you to do with it. Um, we don't want to put our security in, you know, building bigger barns and storehouses. You don't know when the Lord is gonna gonna take you, as He says in one of the parables in the Gospels. Um, but I, I would say that uh, for those of you that really need it, use it and use it wisely on those basic necessities to make your ends meet for sure. For those of you who have emergency funds or you're not taking a financial hit necessarily yet, I want to help us think about how we can use that wisely. Um, we 
the government obviously wants us to use the funds to stimulate the economy, but there are different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. The first thing I would say is, why don't you set up your own personal benevolence fund? What I mean is, is obviously the church has a benevolence fund, and I've been meeting with the city mission and benevolence team about how we do that. Do we meet every need that comes our way? We're leaning a little bit towards helping people that have needs to learn about the resources that are out there, like unemployment, like if you have a small business, the PPP program, um, stuff like that, the stimulus checks that are coming, like the free lunches that Richland One is doing. There's a lot of things out there you may not be know about. So let me know. Let other deacons know so we can help you with some of those programs. Um, but for those that are truly uh, don't have anywhere else to turn, don't have families, don't have the government to turn to or anything like that that have been set up for you, um, we want to be there for you. We want that to be for the people who truly, truly need it. So what if those of us that um, get this stimulus check that are doing somewhat okay financially, meaning we're, we're afraid, but we're able to buy groceries, we're able to pay our mortgages, we're able to do those kind of things. What does it look like for us to set up a personal benevolence fund so when we hear of people that have needs, real needs, um, we help meet those needs personally. And we're able to be free and nimble to do that. Secondly, um, I would say support your local businesses. Mm. Um, one of the things my wife and I did, we looked at our budget and there's a few little areas like gas and some other things that we're not using as much. And we said, we want to be, we have a hospitality portion of our budget. We have people over. How do we, you know, provide meals for people. Um, and we decided, you know, we want to send encouragement gifts and meals to people at this time. This is a value of ours. How do we do that in our budget? Um, how do we have some personal benevolence? And also I recognize I want to support local businesses, but I don't have the biggest eat out budget in the world. Mm. Um, and so what, how do we set a little bit more money aside right now to buy uh, delivered food that supports my family? I mean, we need to eat, but we support those local businesses or locally owned businesses that help them and provide something we need. Uh, and the third thing that I've been thinking about is those items that you may need or those things around the house that maybe you kind of want done. Are there people in this church? Are there people that you know that maybe have some of those skills? Like uh, my my back gate is falling apart. <laughs> and uh, man, it would take me two months to figure out how to do that. But there might be people in the church that have those skills that could really use the income and I want to pay them to do that. Um, you know, we, we subscribe to the Helping Without Hurting Benevolence Philosophy. It's a mm-hmm. book out there you can look up. And it's not something where you go, I'm, I have the power and I have the money and I give to you and you're kind of beneath me. We're on the same footing. I may have an asset of money, but you may have an asset of a skill that we can bring together and use wisely. So those are the three things I've been thinking about using the stimulus check if you're basically just tempted to kind of buy something you don't really need or just throw it in savings to make yourself feel better. Right. I mean, and, and this is funny. In my fraternity in college, we had a, a saying that says, all things being equal, you patronize your brother. Meaning you, you know, if your brother has a business, then you go with your brother's business. And that's kind of like the good old boy mentality of, you know, you, 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 you throw business to the, your, the, someone, you know, and right. someone you trust and you're, and you're friends with. Um, and, but I, I like that mentality, especially for the church. If you have, if there are businesses in your church that you can support. Like if you're going to eat out and you know, there's a, uh, someone in your church who owns a restaurant, then why not patronize yeah. that? And so, you know, we've had Chris Eckert on the podcast before. He talked about being a Chick-fil-A owner. He owns the Chick-fil-A or is operator of the Chick-fil-A right near my house. And so we have been trying to, you know, before it was like, we need to cut back on our Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, hey, we need to make sure we're eating at Chick-fil-A a couple times right. a week to support him and his business right now and his family because yeah. he feeds his family uh, by supporting them through this business. So... 
Um, and, and another example is Inda Coffee. Right. The, a company that I honestly spend also too much money at uh, on any given <laughs> month. But now I'm having to go out of my way to think, okay, rather than just going to the Starbucks around the corner, why don't I drive across town and buy some uh, coffee beans mm-hmm. and whole beans and, and buy three or four bags of them at a time and bring them home and spend some money there and support that business because I love that business and I love the people who own it mm-hmm. who are in our church body. I'll tell you one better about Inda. Um, yeah. Uh, Kate Ray who's a uh, a literal neighbor and a a neighborhood neighbor, a forest acres neighborhood in Riverside. Um, They don't deliver to where we are. So what she's been doing is taking orders around people that live near us from Inda and getting them and bring them to us. Now, I know she's following all the protocols and all that stuff. So shout out to Kate Ray. Um, But how do you even do that? Like, so Josh didn't have to drive down from the, near the VA hospital all the way over there. Yeah. I think that's a great, great idea is how can we, first of all, look to the household of God and figure out who is here, who has needs, how do we help each other? It's more than just the church budget. I mean, at the end of the day, all of our needs can take more than that. So it's going to take all of our personal budgets, the church budgets, and all those kind of things. I think really what it comes down to is we have to look inside and go, what do we truly need in this time? As Americans, we are so used to having a buffer of comfort. Um, I have a I have a buffer of comfort I like. And when it starts to get dipped into a little bit of my savings, it makes me feel like I'm not going to have. That's the whole point of that. <laughs> Guys, this is the time. This is the emergency. This That's is what right. the emergency fund That's is right. for. Um, this is the time to pay your mortgage, feed your kids, have your medical things taken care of, pay your bills, um, and hunker down. We don't know how long this is going to take. I do want to encourage the congregation that right now we're in a good cash position. We're exploring the PPP program for small businesses. We're not sure exactly how that's going to work out. We're in a good cash position. I don't know what it's going to be like in six months to 18 months. Um, I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, it's on the back burner. I'm praying about it, but I'm trusting the Lord will provide. Um, and so I want to encourage everybody to take a step back from the fear and the panic and both from your personal budget and think about the church budget. Um, think about your values. Think about why you do what you do. Like, why do you want to support local businesses? Why do you want to help your neighbors? Stuff like that. Think of the value level before you start making decisions out of fear or consumerism. Mm, That's great. And I want to just also give out some kudos here because uh, we have people in our congregation who have been in need and maybe who were financially, honestly, in a not in a pretty yeah. hard place before this happened yeah. and are even more at risk now. And I've seen our congregation stepping up yes. in the midst of this, before this <laughs> happened, but also in the midst of this to take care of those. We have a single mom in our congregation who um, is financially tenuous situation before this and now, especially now, has had some hard things happen. And I've seen the congregation step up and support her by buying groceries, helping with um, car repairs and those kinds of things. Yeah. So this is I've actually been really encouraged by this, not just, um, we're not, I'm, in other words, I'm not calling the, our congregation to do something that they're not already stepping up and right. doing because I'm already seeing it happen. Right. And that's not for everybody. You, you know, talk to your small group leader. Uh, you can talk to me if you want. Figure out what state you're in, what season you're in. Um, we want to come alongside and help coach you and think about where you're in. Maybe you you need to use the stimulus check in a certain way. Maybe you don't. I don't know. You got to have these flowing conversations rather than just kind of keeping it internal. Um, one of the things I like to think about when it comes to financial resourcing or resourcing of spiritual gifts in the church. Um, 
so often we are tempted to kind of hold it back to feel like if that that if I give it out, I'm going to be empty and not be able to give it to others. Mm. And if everyone has that mentality and you're all holding back, then yeah, you're probably going to get a little more empty because you only have what you have. But when everybody turns inward and it starts flowing across from people to people, you may be emptying yourself, but you're going to be filled right back with prayer, encouragement, spiritual gifts, finances. This is a time where we turn away from our fear and turn towards each other. But I do want to encourage those uh, those of you that are fearful, that are struggling, that don't have as much, please reach out. Please talk to us. We can't help you if you don't talk to us. We are here to... This is what the church is for. This is Mm. what the church is for. And the Lord has blessed us to this point to be able to help. So please reach out. And maybe you're in a position kind of like my family where you haven't taken a huge financial hit and you've got this money coming your way uh, that it's a good opportunity to reach out too. yeah to say maybe reach out to your small group and say hey we've got this money coming that isn't a huge need for us right now where we have savings we're you know in a pretty good place how could we bless other people with this that's yeah. but by the way that's super countercultural oh, yeah. to ask how should i use my money how should i steward my resources wisely and to ask my spiritual community that question that's so countercultural in america uh, not necessarily in other parts of the world but the I, I, I think that's a great opportunity right now for us to look to our spiritual community and say, okay, I've got this money coming. What should I do with it? Help me, help me pray over that. Give me advice. I want to hear from you. Um, if you know of needs, help me uh, recognize those needs so I can speak into that, so I can resource people, so I can use that money wisely. Yeah. I'd say, you know, we're, we're two of the elders, the seven elders. What I would say is just take a pause just take a pause before you start adding stuff to your Amazon wish list or whatever it is. Take a pause, reach out to somebody and ask and maybe kind of let them know the plan you're thinking about. Um, I mean, I, I would encourage you to do anything we do with your income, give to the church, um, make sure that you're taking care of your own family's needs. You know, you're not driving your own family into the ground. Uh, you're taking care of your immediate needs around people, supporting local businesses. Um, this is a time to use it wisely. So that would be my encouragement to the people of Riverside. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's those are some wise words at this time. Take a pause. And we have the time to <laughs> sit and pray about this right now, don't we? Yeah. Uh, some time to actually ponder this and not make rash decisions. And that's a great call. What an opportunity for the church right now to be the church and to be a light in our culture. If you see people in your neighborhood, Christians taking care of each other rather than buying stuff for themselves and everybody's coming home with new gadgets or, you know, buying a new dishwasher or whatever they need, um, for their home, uh, spending that money on things that were on their wish list, Like you said, their Amazon wish list. but Christians instead are sending that money to people who need it the most. What an opportunity to show the world what it means to be in a spiritual community where we love each other and take care of each other. You know, people have wondered, you know, like in the ancient world when they were, the Christians were known for kind of running into the pandemic or whatever to kind of help the sick or whatever. You know, in a Western society like America, what if running into the pandemic is taking our money and investing it in the lives of others instead of consuming on ourselves? Mm. What if in 100 or 200 or 300 years, what's written about the Christians in America is that they got money from their government and they invested it in the lives of others? Wow. That's great. And man, may that may we be known for that. That's so good. Thank you, Landon. All right, you're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Come ye weary sinners.
Savior's call. 